Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking with the Wounded with me, your host, Ben Stevens. I'm here today with a young gentleman called Carl Ward, formerly of the Grenadier Guards. Hello, Carl. <laughs> and Carl has got the great distinction, amongst many things, of being the first guest on this podcast who managed to get out of his military career physically intact but not mentally. Carl, let me ask you to start off with a little bit of your background, how you ended up in the Grenadier Guards. Yeah, so I grew up in a little town called Rushton in Northamptonshire. And I first joined the Grenadier Guards in 2006. And the reason I joined is in 2005, I had a child at 16, a young 16-year-old. The daughter was born whilst I was still at school. And had the, uh, I suppose I had to make that decision in life going, what do I do? Do I join the army or take roll of a dice? Do I try and play rugby? So the army was the, the clearer option for myself. So you've done your GCSEs Yes. With a baby. Yeah, yeah. So my daughter's born April. Um, Some of you are doing your exams. Doing my exams, yeah. And <laughs> I wasn't mature enough to even do my exams at 16. I've, uh, that's quite something. Presumably this wasn't no, the plan. No, so... <laughs> so... Yes. <laughs> yeah, very... Um, so my girlfriend at the time started eating a bit more starting to bit like notice a few changes but she still she didn't look pregnant at all and, um was, you know don't want to call her fat or anything but i was like you're eating a bit more and something's changing so she did a pregnancy test turned out she was pregnant and then we went for emergency scan because yeah. of her age and stuff like that yeah there was no like real physical change but she was eating, yeah. like, eating a bit more and stuff and so we went to the scan and uh, it turned out that she was 26 and a half weeks pregnant. And I was, I remember, and I was like, how long is left? Like, what, what do you mean? Like, wow, what? And the, the midwife said, oh, about 14 and a half weeks. Like, yeah. yeah. And I, at this time, I was a little scallywag. Okay. Yeah. Would it be fair to say we had a rough upbringing? Getting to well, yeah. were, were we a known individual to Her Majesty's Constabulary? I was never. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I was on the. I was on the. I was on the wrong path. Okay. Yeah, I was on a very, very bad, slippery slope. Okay. Um, so the army was a was a that was a route out, right? Yes, it was really. So you join age seventeen, and you get basic training yeah. and. You've got an interesting story. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a shock. So this isn't this isn't the beginning of your military career. No. So so yeah. Decide I'm gonna join up military. Go to the recruiting office. Come across a grenadier guard, and just sold me the dream. <laughs> sold me the dream. dream. And it went from there. I was really fit anyway because I played rugby anyway. So. Yes. And you were a decent rugby player. Yes. And then I. Joined up, 2006, daughter's not, not very old, straight out of school, yeah, daughter, military, 
straight to Catterick, and what a shot that were. Five foot four. Five foot four, very unusual for a guardsman yeah, at five foot four. Five foot four, about so, seven or eight stone. You're a pocket rocket. You're an athlete, though, because you're a serious yeah, rugby was, player yeah, at this stage. Seven, eight, my section t- commander, we was doing a shine parade, and he was like, oh, where are you from, midget? And I was like, oh, you won't know it. A little place called Rushton in North Ant. He was like, oh, Rushton, that's where I'm from. I was like, oh, my God, the scariest man of my dreams. <laughs> Lives in my town. Lives in my town. But your training was really hard, but it wasn't physically hard it was more mentally off I am not ready for this well, big know, shock to your yeah, child liberal you know upbringing <laughs> military yeah discipline rules yeah and then I discharged off a right so you got so you got out yeah and then get back to Civvy Street back, yeah but back to Civvy Street I think you know everyone be happy to see me but out the door homeless bosh straight away what, as in you from your family? Yeah, well, my mum kicked me out because I had this a bit of attitude of being in the army, but, you know, a bit of swag about myself. And then she was like, no, not having that. You can't come back thinking you're the, the big dog because you've done a bit of military service <laughs> out the door. And then I ended up in a hostel. And that turned out quite well because that, that meant I had to defend for myself, look after myself. You grew up quick. Yeah, and then... They wouldn't let me have a child in the hostel, so I had to, you know, make other ends meet and stuff. But when I was in the hostel, the aim was always to get, like, a place and, you know, and stuff. And I went through various jobs. I'd wash cars on a, on a showroom lot. Yeah. And then I tried building, didn't work out. I worked at Travis Perkins, but and just... I always knew I always wanted to go back to the guards, but nothing... I never, like fitted in there anywhere I, I didn't belong go back to rugby I actually did yeah I played quite a lot of rugby when I didn't have my daughter and then I started playing quite a lot of rugby and it got to a, an, another stage where it's like can I do this as a career like if I really invest myself into this or, because sorry jumping back and forth when I was at school I got I got scouted by Moulton College Rugby Academy and they worked with England rugby coaches and the idea of that was would have been you, you play rugby but you also learn sports science and whatnot. But they wanted me to play but I didn't have the grades. So I already knew there was always interest in stuff like that. Yeah. I knew that I had that out there, so I knew that if I that we've got a semi pro team like Bedford Blues not far. Yeah. So I knew that if I really put myself in or have could, a shot. Yeah. So I played a lot of rugby. But then I also had this life where it was uncertain because it didn't fit in any jobs. Everywhere I went, was it me? Maybe I had an attitude, I don't know. But I just didn't feel like I belonged. Okay. And I knew that the army was always, it was almost back in my mind that I should go back and do this. So back to recruiters and they said, yeah, no medical. You don't have to do your fitness test again, straight back in. So the only date they offered me was October 5th, 08 my birthday and I'm like oh, I can't do that it's my birthday like well that or nothing so that was it so 2008 you're now 20 20 yeah and you're back in basic training make it all the way through pass out join Nijmegen company yeah. of the 1st Battalion Grenadier Guards yeah. in London 
horticulture and you're that is. Uh, you're suddenly in the big city yeah tunics bearskins yeah. you're doing mostly yeah, so public we, duties yeah so straight into ceremonial because they were just out of troop training and what a troop training is training for trooping of the color that happens yeah. in june and you've turned up in april so yeah. perfect you're square bashing yeah <laughs> yes yes big boys rules no crying to the padre now big <laughs> boys rules and what a culture shock that was because training is you've got that you know you've got things where you, you can go to and stuff but you get to Woolwich with six foot something compusart major as soon as I first met the compusart don't like you you're a midget can you march like whoa okay yeah I must be able to because I won't be here but you know and you're a marked man from day one yeah so like automatically if he shouted midget I knew he was, you know, he was talking to me and I think on that troop out of the whole household division I was the smallest guardsman on parade yeah so you do the troop yeah you're changing the guard at Buckingham Palace you're doing all of that yeah done all the public duties yeah you bump, the... you, you, you bump into a few royals here and there yes yeah. we was at St James's Palace and as you go to the cookhouse which is opposite the guard room it's only a short walk but you don't wear your berry anyway and whatnot. And as I'm just crossing that little bit of an alleyway, bump into which now King Charles, by the time was Prince, Prince Charles, and stand to attention, but sort of just crap my pants, just stood still, <laughs> saluting with wrong hands. Can't salute because I've got a berry on, but I'm doing it anyway. And he just, oh, you know, I can't do his accent, but he's just, oh, what are you doing? Just going, scoff house, sir. Your Majesty, your highness, like <laughs> really have no You're idea. You're like a rabbit in the headlights. Yeah, what 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 what's food like here? Deep down, it's rubbish. But in your head, you go, yeah, you, yeah, it's, yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not caviar. It's it's fish and chips and what looks like mushy peas, but it isn't. It's yeah, it's just so bizarre. The guards, you're rough and ready, all the time. And then you mix with the royals. It's so... It's a bit surreal. Yeah, bizarre. But on this troop as well, I know it was said they they named the tallest guardsman on TV. Yeah, uh, the right-hand man is six yeah. foot whatever. And the smallest, you know, I was the smallest one, so my parents were like, oh, yeah, brilliant. Brilliant, yeah. So a bit of... Guardsman Ward, five foot four, you'll find him in the middle of that rank yeah, over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Amazing. Did you have a very large bearskin to even think yeah. that? Yeah, <laughs> think so. I went, so I was the middle man, yeah. number number two guard. Um, yeah. What's the officer called? The Enzon, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so I had to... Yes, yes you, sir, right, sir. Well, I yeah. remember that from when I was in yeah. Ensign, making me yeah. walk through all the horseshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then you get your first call-up. Talk us through joining the 1st Battalion yeah, in so Afghanistan the, in October '09. Ha- yeah, so the battalion deployed... In September, and the first casualty was actually uh, a guy, Jamie James, who died actually on my birthday. So just before we deployed, they, they told us Jamie had been killed. Yeah. Went away to Brecon, week in Brecon, got to Lyd, woke up in Lyd on the bus. They called out five or six names. I was one of them. Hands up. You can barely see, you just woke up in Lyd. Like, oh, berries aren't, like... Yeah, called out six names. I was one of them. They're like, oh, going to Afghanistan. We're like, when? They're like, tonight. What do you mean tonight? Like, yeah, tonight. 
So we're going to take you back to Woolwich, pack your stuff, over to Welly B, chuck another kit us, Afghan issue. We've, we've done no pre-deployment training, no nothing. Um, the only time we've gone from the slope to, you know, to holding a weapon properly was in Brecon. It, and then that was it, packed our stuff. And that yeah. night we straight to Bryce, flew straight to Afghanistan. So, so you've, you've gone from wearing yeah. a bearskin and a tunic, yeah, bit of exercise, getting wet in Wales, yeah. and then suddenly you're a BCR, a battle casualty replacement, yeah. and you're posted out to the 1st Battalion. Yeah. That's fast. That's that's quick. You don't... Yeah. Uh, any time to go home and no. say bye to mum and dad? No. So our, our flight was stupid time in the morning. And I rang my mum up, and I never got to say goodbye to my daughter or anything, so I rang my mum up, and I'm like, can't get my words, like, mum's answered, it's like, she, she, you know, she's tired, like, hello, so mum, I'm, I'm going, she's like, what are you on about, so, I'm going, what are you on about, so I'm going to Afghanistan, she's like, Carl, are you drunk again, I'm like, no mum, I'm off, and she's like, no, you're joking, I said, no, now, like, <laughs> the next hour and a bit, I'm in Bryce Norton flying. Well, you're not going to... And it's like, no. I had to ring my brother. And I was like, you know, look after my daughter. Because I'm off. Yeah, yeah. If this goes south, look after her. Yeah. And... Big yeah. shock. Yeah, massive shock. So um, big boy pants on, and out you go. Yeah. We got told we're going to do a couple of weeks of training, and then you'll get sent straight out to your unit, like your company. But we did like six days. <laughs> six okay. days. And that was it. Sh- straight out into the Mastiffs, straight on into uh, your FOB. So join yeah. two company. You don't know anybody in battalion. Nope. You're the new boy. Yeah. You're five foot four. Yeah. You're thrown in the back of a Mastiff, which is a sort of wheeled vehicle that you're patrolling around in. Yeah. And you are out at your forward operating base. The, the platoon I've gone to, they've they've just so Jamie's been killed, and so many other people have been injured in one incident. Yeah. So people aren't welcome, like shaking your hand. Oh no, no, it's a difficult place to join. Yeah, and because they're a tight knit team, they've gone through all the training together. They've lost a close brother. Yeah. And you're the sort of new kid in there. I guess you just keep quiet and keep your head down. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. But it was so bizarre because obviously my, my birthday is October 5th. Joined October 5th. Jamie died October 5th. Out in Afghanistan and then given a bed space. And the, and the bed space of mine was Jamie's. Yeah. So you're not like straight away. Of course you're not. And you can understand it. It's not It's not like it's they're just, you're kept at a distance. Yeah, so it's, you're pan bashing, you're making brews, you're always you know the first on stag the euros on the graveyard shift but i quite liked it i not not fitting in not in that way i, I liked that was my job that was it i understood it weren't gonna you know i knew that there was a long road ahead to to be accepted but within it was it's a kinetic place it was well, really kinetic when you mean kinetic you mean Ah, uh, it's you're getting it. it. It's what what do we call it? The two way range. We you know the Taliban. Within two weeks, you're you're rough and ready. You know, I suppose. And I suppose. Yeah. Suppose, yeah. 
And I suppose they begin to accept you when they yeah, see you can it. do the job. Everything's first name terms Because it's, it's buddy, buddy, I've got to rely on you, we're going into combat. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so baptism yeah. of fire. <laughs> yeah. You eventually get through oh. that tour. Yeah, yeah, so we go through that tour. You're unscathed, your yeah. platoon yeah. stays intact, no more dramas. No, we had a few more casualties and stuff like that. A few more, you know, n- no, no loss of life. Yeah. But even still, right, so... You've established yourself in the company. You're back in the UK. You you know you're broad-shouldered, but you still don't know anyone in battalion. You know you've got the Queen's Company. You've got the Inkerman. You've got how do you know your company? And that's it. The rest of the battalion don't even know you've really arrived. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when we come back, this is again how quick things turn around. So the Queen's Company flew back because we're we're trooping the colour that year. Yeah. This year, two thousand and ten. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember getting back next day, none of this desert combats, straight back into DPM, back into how we're going. But you look over at Queen's Company, they're, they're in tunic order. They're in tunic, tortoise on the right, shortest on the left. You know, they're, they're full getting... So that's how quick... Well, that's always the that's yeah, always the the twice the man. Yeah. That's always the twice the man, and you and these and the two sides of the job when you join the guards. But there was none of this. You're going out on a pierce, you know, being a lad. It was back into business, and straight from the battlefield, straight to a tunic. Yeah, yeah. So we we were. I don't even think we went home. So we had three days leave, gated leave, if they want to call it. I mean, then we're straight into troop training, straight down to Purbright every day from Wellington Barracks so you know drill bashing all day all day and then if you're not good enough you're still there so <laughs> were you good enough did you make it yeah we but <laughs> in between that as well you've got still got to do guard duties as well for sure so, so there's no there's no rest so you haven't weekend. had you, you, you didn't get any no, leave no leave, no leave. We, R&R leave no we didn't we didn't we we had seven weeks after, once we finished the troop and everything like that. Seven weeks? Yeah. But just... What did you do with that? Oh, drink, I suppose. But but yeah, chaotic. Wow. Chaotic, stressful time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your feet haven't touched the ground since you joined, basically, since you passed yeah. out. So within a year and a half, I've done what? Training, two troops, oh. tour. Yeah, the lot. So yeah, eighteen yeah. months in, you've you've ticked a lot of boxes. I've gone from got a medal. Yeah, I've gone from crow to a senior soldier in a way because a lot of people don't do that in a in a whole career. No, exactly. So you're on the fast track. Interestingly, you kept a bit of rugby up. Now you come back from your leave and and two thousand ten eleven you um, you get stuck be- into rugby again. Yeah. So just before the rugby kicks in. So we're on the seven weeks leave, and again, this is how fast things come. Someone would say it was Company Sergeant Major, but someone's rang me up and absolutely turned my head off. And this is so we're meant to have two weeks leave, but they were like, "Why are you not in camp? What are you on about?" They're like, "You're already down for a sniper pre card." I'm like, "What?" They're like, "Get down here! You need to be back into camp." And I'm Northampton. We live in Welly B. I said, "What?" I said, "Get back, pack my stuff for the sniper card." I didn't even know I was on. And then, this is a course to become a sniper. Yeah, so this is right. a pre-card so before... Yeah, the course. In yeah. the army, you do a, 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 a pre-course before the course, and then there's another... It's just constant pre-course something. So I've had five weeks leave, drink, 
beer. I smoked at the time, so I'm smoked and <laughs> drank. And you're not. A, you're not a picture of health. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then, you know, eighty pound burger on whatever the, the requirement or whatever it was. Yeah, it's a lot of kit on the sniper course. For the sniper course, yeah, yeah, a lot of kit, and running around. We did it in Purbright. Yeah, so yeah, that was it. Straight down to Purbright, running around the Ulu. Got to learn how to map read again. I've not touched a map since I was in training because Afghanistan, it's all GPS and everything else. Going, what the monkey's going on here? <laughs> and I failed on the night nav, but I was in no shape to be doing this. I was like, I've been eating burgers and alcohol. I haven't been near a gym. Yeah. So that's how quickly things change. And yeah. then the company site major was like, well, you're not going back to two company. We're going to keep you. You're going to mortars. Mortars, I'm five foot four. So I'm about eight eight stone wet through. Like mortars, the heaviest. Oh yeah, you, that's where we go. Because he didn't want me to go back to two company. He just wanted to keep me in. Because I, I he was the the company site major at the time. I was with him in Afghanistan, so we knew how yeah, I operated. Yeah, and what yeah, yeah, and he wanted you, and he kept me. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, but sir, mortars. Really. <laughs> Because like, mortars are what they're normally quite big guys. Because that's that's big heavy yeah. kit. That's lugging around big shells, big tubes, yes, big base plates, base plate. Everything's harder than me. Everything's heavier than me. <laughs> uh, you put you like that scenario. You put the bergen on and you fall over because it's that heavy. Okay, so yeah, so he wants to keep you in mortars. You 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 manage to get into the rugby army under twenty threes. Yeah, scrum half. Yeah. You get a couple of cracks, a couple of games in there. Yeah, cu- yeah. Cu- so that's cu- a serious level of rugby. Yeah, so we we do up Mortacada, then we move to Aldershot. And that's where the, that's where the army rugby, rugby, rugby all happens. Yeah, so, so we're playing battalion rugby. Yes. But I've got some instructions to go down for trials. Okay. And quite a few of us went down. And they did like a development squad as well. So w- w- not all of us got in, but... Yeah, we got in. And, you made and, it. And it was it was really hard to get into the first team of the, the 23s, but if you didn't, you still played in the development squad. And it was just great. I bet. Absolutely great. But we was training for Afghanistan again. Yeah. Yeah, so what's that, 2011? We deployed, to, yeah, so yeah, 2011. Okay. Rugby gets cut short, you're back with the battalion, you're in the mortars and yeah, you're going so back to Afghanistan. I've got this dream off a tracksuit soldier. I've got this dream, like, if I really, you know, I can get in. What did you call like, it? A tracksuit soldier? Yeah, because yeah. once, you, once you play for sports for the army, you, you sort of get released and you can concentrate on the rugby. It's like being a professional. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so the dream is a tracksuit soldier. You don't have to do all this other stuff. You've done it. You get released. You uh, want to go and play in the army-navy game at Twickenham? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. And then we got a call up for a camp for the tri services. Yes. And I presented the paperwork to my company site major and he just was like, Absolutely not. You're going to Afghanistan. <laughs> you try and be the salesman and give it I've been before don't care. Don't care what you're doing or been what you know you're going you're going no 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 I want to go on a tri-service rugby camp yeah no you're not doing it you are not doing it I've not heard that expression before a tracksuit soldier but that is the dream it's the sort of that was the dream yeah 
Is it always people in the Royal Engineers and the Logistics Corps, which are really big, that manage to fill all those roles? Yeah. Because yeah. they've got loads of they've them. They've got loads of battalions, yeah. They've got loads, yeah. lots of RLC chefs playing. <laughs> <laughs> so you go back out to Afghanistan, 2012 now. And here's another fastball thing for us. Like, So we were mortars, we're lightning, we're on it. We're going to mortar for our battalion, for our Grenadiers Battle Group. And then we got re-rolled to a rifle platoon so we had to stop all the mortaring learn to pick up weapons again and and we got re-rolled and we was attached to a company three rifles which they were attached to to three york's battle group it's a right cake and ass okay so you're not even with the battalion no 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 no. and you're not with your mortars no mortars that's been canned now yeah so the mortars our platoon mortar platoon has been canned so where did you end up this tour so the Grenadier Battle Group, they were going to Nuri, Nuri Siraj, South. This we is were, back no, in Helmand. No, they were, yeah, back to Helmand province. They were, they were in the north and we were going to be in the south. You, is this back in the sort of, back to another forward operating base? Yeah, so, yeah, so we did a lot of pre-employment training with these guys. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was I think it was doomed from the start. It was just mental, like, so we didn't have no officer in, in the mortars, so our colour sergeant run the show, but they sort of took all the power away from him and it, it, we just sort of, oh, Grenadiers, put them over there. Like, So we went to this little CP called Minabazi. CP? Checkpoint. checkpoint. The main fob was run by the rifles. Uh-huh. It was an admin mess. I've been okay. messed because even we were attached to the rifles, even they got messed around as well. Yeah. And it was just a mess. Just So it's a shit just, show from the beginning. Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> just an absolute and it sort of filtered out that we got the bad I say bad end of the deal, but it's like Were you the penal platoon, were you? Yeah. You, you you got dicked with everything. Yeah. So we went to the C P you've got your whole platoon living on top of each other. In the, probably about 30 by 30, it was tiny, little yeah. CP, rations all the way through. So this was... A, and, a, and you're patrolling from there out on the ground? Yeah, we was patrolling twice a day. We were, we were about 30... About 35 men. Yeah, and you've got a couple of Sangers for guard duty. Yeah, it was a two, yeah but this is a time where Afghans advance now, so you, a lot of places, like the big fobs that they will have... Um, showers they would have um, chefs cookhouse yeah cookout all that yeah they're fresh four out of the five days or whatever and they yeah. have one day's rations we were completely all rations and where we was this is what i mean we got pushed to the side where there was no main supply route so the no vehicles get to us the only way was by air yeah um and even then they wouldn't drop because of the threat on the ground yeah so yeah i know i know how that feels like sort of from yeah, northern so ireland days it all comes in by to, air and you're going back to world war living surviving all right this might not be rats everywhere but the place is rats it's um you know your water rations you know we had this well but we, we pump water and if it weren't for that you couldn't survive because the amount of water to be on water rations. Of course, so that but that's bottled water flown in under slung, yeah. whatever. Yeah, and they still want you to shave. They still want you to do this and look presentable. <laughs> like you're patrolling two, 
two patrols a day. Then you've got your, your, your Sangers and your night duties and keeping the admin off it's the place. It is horrific. It's horrific. Okay, but you're a comfortable working team, the Mortars. You're, you're yeah, a close slick. yet yeah, min- slick, unit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're slick. But... And it's kinetic, this tour? This is... No, it's not actually... It's not a crunchy tour at all, but the amount of IEDs was horrific. Okay, so the threat now is that, they don't want to have a gunfight with you anymore. They're just IED. Yeah, yeah, so every day something... IED, sorry, for the for the listener, improvised explosive device. This is, for want of a better word, making a mine out of homemade products. Yeah, and whatever the Russians left behind. For soldiers or vehicles to drive over or stand on and... But they, they so they reckon they every patrol you went out on... The eye in the sky, they say they, they, they could plant four IEDs. So your route out and route in every day has to be different. Yeah. You know, um, everything. You can't set patterns. Patterns, can't, can't, yeah, can't can't, set, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. obviously we was in this compound, so we only had one way in. And there's only so many ways you can walk out of a base and in a base, isn't yeah. there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, we land... Heli in and straight away casualty. Our interpreter, bosh, face mangled. Oh, great. Now, so we just got in. It was like, oh, great. Now we've got to do all around the fence, get this, you know, the heli back, get him on. It was like, oh, so this is this is this is the on arrival. This is on arrival. So it's sort of like start as you mean to go on, you know, and then and then within. A couple of, like, say, two weeks, we were not, say, halved, but we'd lost a few guys through, like, illness or sick or just bluffing. Because <laughs> okay. it, it's tough. Like, some people, like, want out. <laughs> they get there, well, this ain't for me. Things are going bang all the time. There's, there's If it's not civilians, what are getting blown up, it's live cattle. Oh, oh, oh right. You, you, so you're, just, you're just hearing... Mines going off all the time. All the time, yeah. And then they do this thing called a, a like daisy chain. So they will. What's daisy a daisy chain? So it'd be one IED linked to another IED linked to another IED. So you set one off and it will just rattle off. And get so, everyone else, yeah, even so, though they're so, even though they're not standing on so it. So the guys who ill <laughs> who wanted out, it's just because it was just too much. Yeah. Because you're on edge the whole time. Yeah. You're stressed. And then we also, you're also hearing about the casualties from our own battalion as well, are out. Then you've got your own guys, you know, so we're attached to the rifles and it's no longer us and them, we're as one. Mm-hmm. And in the guards, it's all that blue, red, blue, look after each other, everyone else is, you know, not worthy. Yeah. Now, now all of a sudden, you've got a, These are my brothers in arms. Yeah. And yeah, and that was how it was, and you know. Well, that's how it should be. And but it, yeah, it's, so the IED threat was torture, torture. So our battalion alone had five killed, and a hundred and forty six life changing casualties. But yeah, so you're hearing a lot going on. There was a lot going on in our AO. AO. Oh, area of res- no, operations. Operations area. Yeah. We're on, you know, rations, you're getting skinnier, you're getting, they're actually generally getting weaker. Yeah. You know, you're doing two patrols in, in the height of the summer, crops are really high, so the Taliban can sneak and get 
right into your face. So you not only got the threat of, you know, I suppose all arms combat, like, you know, because they can get that close yeah. to you. Uh, one of our major casualties, well, we had quite a few casualties, but we had one casualty, which was about 25 metres out the front gate. They did a command's pull. So for anybody like listening, it's if they can imagine a party popper on a bigger scale dug into the ground, the string right at the back, man hiding or child or whatever they want to use. And as soon as you walk by, they will pull it. So and there's fires off a yeah, giant just, party pop which yeah, is what full of shrapnel full of everything yeah casualty what wasn't it was a guy who I've been through, all through training with yeah um, similar ages both have children so we can so the only one in my platoon where I could bounce off with yeah so he child you know a big character a big loss as well because he was a good soldier and he's wounded killed no wounded yeah, severely wounded. Yeah. Um. Then you got to carry him, and you got to do that. Then you, you know, we lost. The, we lost so, a good guy. We needed him, but we he he was. You got soldiers, and then you got personalities. He was both. He was both good soldier and and a good character. You, you needed him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it it was it's. So that's a big loss, big hit. Yeah, yeah, man. It's like not having Johnny Wilkinson, you know, like, oh, you know, it doesn't happen then. It, 2003 doesn't happen without him. Yeah. And, not, you know, so he, he's, he, it, it was a big shock, big hit. And then it kept coming. Yeah. It, yeah, it just kept, yeah, it just kept coming. Then we had more casualties as well, but. You're thinking, I've just, I'm bouncing from casualty to casualty. Yeah. And it can't be long before it's me. Right. We're going out twice a day. You're just doing the odds and you're going... Yeah. Yeah. Rations, skinnier, weaker. You know, we're out twice a day. The kit doesn't get any lighter. The operations are going out longer. You're setting more patterns. Yeah, yeah. You're getting hit yeah. all the time. Hard, hard. And we were there for about three and a half months all in one thing and then we... We got closed down and then we moved up into like a, the high ground to looking into the green zone. It was better for us because you could breathe a little bit. You wasn't so... And we, but we was in the desert looking in. Yeah. So anything to your east or whatever else was no... There was no... There's no threat. Yeah. And even if... And it was so flat that you could see a mile off. So really you're only looking into the green zone. And so we was the other side of the Hellman River. And it's still, we still had to go in and, you know, Dude. still do business. So we did a lot of Taliban chasing. There was a lot of green on blues, actually. There was a, a, with the Yorks, I think it was the Yorks, there was a green on blue where they taken out the Afghan National Police or whatnot, and a rogue, rogue policeman yeah. shot and killed. I don't really know the full story, but he sh- shot a guy. They'd done me off, three of them, got into a compound where it wasn't too far from us. And we crashed out. Um, but our manpower has gone so short. So you crash out or you put a patrol, you, you're leaving five men in the camp. We could be easily run over, you know, took over. But we was up in the desert looking in, so it wasn't so bad. But we we went off. And again, this is how quickly the fastball is. 
in, in the army we run off no orders we have no clue we're just throwing a man in front which is very dangerous the place is littered with IDs yeah bad commands management at the time we stopped short we didn't know it was stopped short at the, at the time and the orders were right wardy and somebody else compound over there free Taliban wardy he's going to be grenade man wardy you're going to clear that compound what what? No, no preparing, no nothing. Everything. This is it. We're going, and this tour. It was different. Where with the co- laws of engagement and stuff is different. But we've got the we've got the we've got the green light, green light from above. We've just had a green on blue. People of Fredders. Yeah. You know they want revenge. We're going in. Door kicking, and I'm like, well, and we're we're probably about a month and a half away from coming home. I'm, I'm a pardon. <laughs> <laughs> wow okay would it be fair to say you weren't that keen <laughs> was not keen at all and then right order of march this is it we're going to stack up on go go we're going in and i'm still going no like oh, come on right and then some someone the gods above said yeah it got canned there and then we're just stacking up about to go in and it stopped. You were literally about to kick the doors in. Red light, no, no, no. You know, that was it. And I could never been... I look back and go, yeah. The first tour and stuff like that, or, or even throughout the tour, you, you, you're open to do that. You, you know it's your job. But the, at this point, you go, oh, wow, come on. <laughs> well, I'm six weeks from seeing, yeah, my, seeing my yeah, daughter. Yeah. I don't need no. to be doing this. And then I remember when we left... Because you've still got the IED threat and stuff. It's not just the IED threat as well. They they re- compounds, so you'll get a tripwire. Yeah, you know, on the medical yeah, entry yeah. and stuff. But when I remember when we left, she not come in and w- w- that's it, end of tour. And I remember getting on there and having that tear in my eye, going, "I ain't doing this again." Because when I first went to Afghanistan. And then we were told we're going back. Oh, I was buzzing. I couldn't wait to get back. You know, I'd be in my room reading pamphlets and right because I always thought if someone goes down, I need to be able to do the job. And the next man, we always taught to be like the, the next old, the next rank above. Yeah. And that's so I was so keen and buzzing and stuff. But remember when we left, that tear in my eye going. How how have I how am I even here? How am I here? And just a sense of relief when you took off. I, I, I didn't cry as in ball, but had that look. When you look down and go, we fucking made it. Uh, Not all of us, but we're here. You know, and, and you have people going, and I was just like, like, how? How? And I swore to myself then, I was like, I don't want to come back here again. Don't want to cook because that. Place did did was... you? Were you thinking? I don't want a soldier again. You're just thinking. Nah. I don't want to. I don't want to be here, Afghanistan. Be here, this, this, right here, right now, no. Yeah. Right here, right now, no. S- soldier, I loved it. Yeah. It's easy, right? <laughs> Tracksuit soldiery. Yeah. <laughs> so, you have a number of incidents during that tour, yeah. which you've gone through. You've dealt with at the time. Yeah. Guys are getting blown up. Guys are getting injured. You're picking. Cause you're ca- are you doing a lot of the casi vacuuming and stuff, getting yeah, them back yeah, out? So, yeah, you got to do the yeah. But because you're 
a senior soldier, you've done a tour before and you have a duty t- to look after the younger lads and, uh, and we did have quite a lot of younger lads like fresh, fresh out the packet from, yeah. from training and yeah. stuff like that. But Just I, like you were on I, your I, first tour. I was, yeah, and I always took upon myself to look after them. So you sort of carried a lot of the burden for these lads and, you know, it's yeah. been all right and I always felt that if they needed something, they could come to me. Um, well, you're a dad, you're quite grown up, yeah. you've done a tour before. But we had one lad going, I don't know how to use this weapon system. Okay, I'll show you. I'm not going to go, hey, he's, he don't know. Okay, cool, you don't know, I'll help you. Yeah. Well, because you're going out on the ground with him and you want him to yeah. be able to fight alongside and you. And also, big boy's rules, he might get... <laughs> you know, he might... You know, So, they can come to me and I'll help you. Always help people. I remember one lad who got injured... Like he was walking, well, say walking wounded. <laughs> he's wobbling wounded, and he's like, "Carl, just help me get back home." Okay, yeah. No worries. I do what I can. Yeah. Do everything I can to get you home. So yeah. you had a lot of that pressures of, oh, it wasn't a large corp or anything like that. I had no just. And then of course you're psychologically and yeah. mentally you are keeping them all going and geeing them up and. Yeah. So getting on that heli was on the Chinook side. Just going, yeah. Just, wow. And then. Reality kicks back in when we're back in the UK. None of this, again, none of this hugs and glory and no families, no nothing. Lads, back to your room. You know, boom, boom, you know, you'll get your boxes tomorrow and blah, 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 blah. blah. Like, there was no... So one minute, yeah, 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 you're in the the most stressful environment on the planet. And within 24 hours, you're sitting in a room staring at the four walls of your room back in the comfort of a barracks. Yeah, in in back in older shots. And I remember looking at my, my car was in the car park and I was like, how do I even drive? Like you, 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 you've not had to have those motor skills, and you think, what? Oh, okay. Does it even like what am I doing? Like it was so bizarre, really bizarre. And that mental pressure of forcing yourself to step out that gate and do the job, yeah. When you're just seeing injury after injury, incident after incident, and you're just going, the odds are getting worse and worse. It's like going back a little bit you'd be laying in bed and like I said there was a lot of explosions all the time and you'd be laying in bed and, like, and you think you, so you're always on it so you know you, you never slept yeah you did but it, it wasn't you, deep no, restful no so you're constantly just, it's just shattered shut eye it was horrendous so this is yeah. this pressure Building, 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 and then suddenly it finishes instantly. Yeah, but then you remember we're Grenadier Guards, we're twice the man. So, yep, we're we're. Did we troop that year or was? Sorry, you're 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 thrown back into a tunic. Yes, (laughs) but I went to the to the store. So my colour sergeant was going into to to be the pay bloke of support company, and he put me in the stores with him. You could see something weren't right. Okay. And this is where the wheels are starting to fall off. So I'm in the stores. People think, oh, you're a bit of a ramp for being in the stores, but you, you need, I needed that time out to fucking hell. Yeah. So when you say the wheels are falling off, yeah. how's that manifesting itself? So I'm not thinking the same. I'm not what? like... What? Like a- angry outbursts. Like, the I, I almost felt so much pressure not as in physical 
I felt like a grenade about to go off. Yeah, I, I always say I had like a bit of a Velcro pin where, you know, Velcro sticks to everything and everybody was getting it. And I lost that respect of rank and stuff. So say in the stores, oh, go and get these tunics done. The, the, the master stitch might be like, ah, not today. You know, you didn't care if it's the master stitch or whoever. Everyone got a bit of... So you're flying off the handle. Yeah. You're on a hair trigger. Yeah. And everyone's going, Whew, it's not, he's not, he's not, he's not right. Not right. Yeah. Not right at all. And this is where things, where this is the one notable point, a real, yeah, real game changer. So we was coming up to summer leave. I don't think I'm the smallest guardsman now, but I'm one off. And we're about to go on summer leave. All the ceremonial duties are coming down to a close, blah, blah, blah. And they put me on guard with the Queen's Company. And, who are all over six foot. All six foot something. But at this time, so I'm just about to leave camp. Whoa, 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 where are you going? You're on guard with Queen's Company. Shut up, of course I'm not. I've been cleared off by my colour sergeant, saying you've got the weekend off or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, the week, yeah, weekend off. So no, 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 no. No, no, you, you're on Queen's Company. Mate, come on. You've got to be, because like you said, everyone's six foot over. One of the smallest in that household division. What do you mean? You've got me on guard. Like, there's nobody else. Like, five, like wow. Yeah. Never heard of. Right. Who's who's the corporal in waiting or silent in waiting? Yeah. The Queen's Company. But at this time, I'm I'm seething because I was meant to go home for my daughter. You see. Yeah. And, I've, oh, I've, that's it. The the pin's gone now. Okay. I've gone to the guard room. Where's so and so? I'm ready. For, I'm ready to fight. Yeah. Can't not see him. See the. Uh, Pick officer. Yeah. Lots of people filtered out of camp and stuff. Oh, I'm bowling through camp, haven't saluted him. Oh, you know, what's up with this fella? I've never even met this officer. Oh, fuck you and blah, blah, blah. You can't talk to me like this. The, the company bunk was 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 locked. That goes through door. No one's about. And I'm on this rampage now. I rang up my colour I'm off. I'm going, hey, why aren't doing this? Told him. And he was like, you can't be on guard with the Queen's Company. So I'm on Buckingham Palace, so I'm the... How it would work, I would have... It turned out I, I was like the white hand man. Yeah. So everyone's like... <laughs> I'm next to the platoon sergeant. I'm like... I'm going AWOL. Yeah. Campsite managers rang me up. Wardy, don't do that. Don't do that. I'll sort it out. Do the guard. Then you can go on two weeks leave before summer leave. So effectively nine weeks or whatever it was. Yeah. All right, do it. On the guard, I'm next to the platoon sergeant. You go on guard? Yeah, I go on guard. And Seething. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But the the drill bloke's like, what? I knew drill bloke because he was our kind of sergeant in two company. What, what, what the fuck are you doing? I don't know. Just here. Like, I've got the right ump. Yeah. Oh, and then, oh yeah, so I'm on the guard, Buckingham Palace. I'm actually. I remember I was actually on guard. Yeah, standing there, and uh, four court, and you've got the big pillows. Uh, yeah, big, yeah, big yeah, pillows. Yeah, and then you got the, the the civvies on the other side. Anyway, the police whoosh, moved everyone out the way. Mine tape or whatever they put out. Real slick operation. Whoosh, boogie. Loads of bags in there. 
suspected bomb. And I'm now on guard like this. I'm like, yeah, what's that? They're like, ah, oh, suspected bomb. They've cordoned it off, yeah, yeah, boggy yeah, bags. Yeah. And I'm like, pardon? No, he's like, don't worry about it. So, no, three months ago, or a couple of months ago, I was blown up in Afghanistan. Because when that lad got blown up, I was part of the explosion, hurt myself, boom. I was like, mate, got blown up like a couple of months back. I don't want to be here. And he was like, yeah, but those ballistic, those, those pillars are, are ballistic. I was like, oh, yeah. But when was the last time that was tested then? Cause I, <laughs> and he was like, you'll be all right. And I'm close to tears now. And at, at this time, I didn't know I was poorly as well. And I'm like, mate, get me. I'm not, like, I don't want to be, I, I know. Got brought in. And that was actually, funny enough, that was the last time I ever wore tunic as well. Because I come off that guard, went straight on leave. Yeah. Uh, like the company sergeant promised come back from leave straight into the office think oh I'm in trouble and, and that's when they send you off to Perbright yeah yeah so you get a Perbright you put in the stores yeah everybody's going just wrap him up in cotton wool a bit put him down there it was yeah exactly what you're saying yeah it was gleaming yeah so so you're now back on even keel yeah a bit and it's still going wrong it's still going wrong so Where's the, when's the moment so, when somebody says, you've got to see somebody about this? I was doing a safety wagon, and this lad come off a two-miler, pick him up, wag him, boom, 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 go to the med centre. And I'm like, well, you're a med centre. Like, sort him out. And they're like, you've got to look after him. I ain't doing that. I'm going home to see my kids, my, my child. And they're like, no, no, no. This is when I've lost authority to any rank. Also. I've exploded in the med centre called this corporal and whatever else thingy then I've verbally attached the guy like if I have to look after you I'm going to kick crap out of you off really in a bad way mentally in a bad way it turns out lad broke his leg and I should have really looked after him but I just left him just like ah, do it yourself like and then I started going this ain't right I'm hearing voices in my head I'm Under- uh, uh- I'm not saluting officers I'm just yeah, just not me. Just not me. I'm, I I couldn't finish any PT. I'd hit this brick wall and be like, I just was constantly struggling. So like struggling with everything. Like they'd ring me up. Oh, because you're storming, you get called at any time. Oh, everything was overreacting. Everything was just just. It was just chaos. And I remember. Yeah. This is a, another thing. Seen this doctor. Ooh, didn't really point me in any directions and then I meant one this one time I've had enough just had enough walk straight into the med centre his door kicked it and and I'm like fucking help me like I said listen help me like and I was scared of either hurting myself or I was, I was going to hurt somebody and I was raging I was like mate I, I, I've got the energy to just I could snap his neck. Like, there was this yeah. poor guy in the waiting room. I said, I could, you know, I don't care, help me. And then I got sent to this doctor and it was, it was, it was great in a way because I got released straight away from But he diagnosed me complex PTSD and secondary degree depression and got a letter. He's done this letter, sealed it. He said, give this to, like, chain of command like company sergeant major or whatever drove back to camp company sergeant letter opens up 
He said, right, just go home. And that was my last day in the military. As in, in uniform. Doing your job. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, no, just... You're done. You're done. We'll get your unit to get in touch to welfare and that come to my house. And they're like, yeah, mate, that's you, sick on leave. We, so this is 2014. Yeah, yeah. You get diagnosed. Yeah. And you're just out the door. Out the door, yeah. So what, what, what does out the door mean? I mean, you... I was just at home, just home. And then they got me, that was it, like... Treatment? They sent me to a, a place called a PRU, which is Personal Recovery Unit. So the idea okay. of this unit was to get you fixed, get you better, back into back into normal working life. But I remember my welfare officer, he sent me down to, to see the medical officer. This is before PRU, actually. And... The guy was like, oh, I, I, the medical officer was like, oh, I think you're bluffing. I'm going to send you back to camp. I said, you send me back to camp and shoot somebody. Like, I, but I generally felt that way. It wasn't, wasn't words of wisdom. Like, I felt, you send me back, they'll put me on barricade. Because so, everybody was getting it at this point. So even at home, home life was, was like, at the time, I had a partner. She had two children. I had my eldest like my yeah. daughter. Everybody got a piece of the you're, you're 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 tearing a strip off everybody all the time all the time but in my mind it was everybody else in my mind i'm perfect my mind is saying I'm everybody big, else everyone else has yeah got a problem yeah the, the, my, my car got scratched a bit of paintwork and the only car in in the street was what was white was my next door neighbors and i'm telling her i'm going in there in his house, compound like compound red doors off. He's getting it, and she's going. You do know that we live on a, sh- a, a main street where anybody could eclipse your car. No, it's him. It must be him. Voices in my head are saying it's him. Then I'm looking in his window and he's laughing, having a cup of tea with his wife. He must be laughing at me, and I'm. She's just like. In but. In my in my physical body, I'm trying to hold myself like, Carl, stop it! You can't be doing this. But in it, it was almost like yeah, it was it was, it was crazy, and I was constantly in this pressure of this whirlwind of pain, and it was physical. Like people say, oh, it's mental health. Like it can't be painful. It is. It's painful. I was holding myself. I used to feel like my nose was gonna bleed. I used to be in so much, and that was it. So, somebody gets you on medication? No. No, I was I was two years. I didn't want to take drugs. Right. Well, military zero tolerance to drugs, so I didn't believe in all of that. Yeah. And I'm. I'm a grenadier guard. We don't. Come on. We're the cream of the crop, right? We're <laughs> grenadier guards. We don't. You know, this is a man's army. This is big boys' rules. We don't. I'll be all right. Yeah. I didn't have that. I didn't believe in it. I, I, I'm a grenadier guard. I've just done two operational tours. I'm, I'm the Queen's person, you know, bodyguard. And, you know, I, it's you lot, not me. Yeah, yeah. And so I spent two years on, on sick leave, and then that was it. One so, phone call, you got to come into camp, sign your kit off. Hand your ID card ID, in. Yeah, done. Identity, gone. That's it. 2016, you're lobbed out. And is that when... But this is... this is a, I'm still keen. This is a guy who wants to go up the greasy ladder. Yeah. I don't want to leave. I, I, I'm, I'm just a bit... 
I'm a bit off. I'll be all right. I'm Wardy. Yeah. You know, I'm that guy. Yeah. I'll be all right. Gone. Done. Dusted. So you medically discharged. Yeah. With chronic... Uh, PTSD, yeah. Chronic PTSD. Yeah. And now you're let loose. Yeah. And you're rudderless. You're not in the tribe anymore. The phone and calls are stopped. So they're, the, they're going on. They're, they're doing great things. They're getting ready for the next tour. They're, they're doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're going, ooh. So now you've, yeah. what? You rage at the machine for a bit? No, so what? Well, yeah, my, my, so I, I, when I grew up, father pop smoke when I was a kid. And then my mum remarried. Your father pop smoke? Yeah, left. Oh, left. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Sorry. And my, <laughs> my stepdad's. Popping smoke is a military expression. You throw a smoke grenade to cover your tracks when you move from one position to another. Yeah. Just for the listeners who are yeah. going, what does my, pop um, smoke mean? Yeah, my, okay. so my stepdad, he was poorly. Okay. Right. And, yeah, he passed away. And so my only role model's gone. And I don't know what to do. Back in Rushton, with my partner and her two children, so we're yeah. living together. yeah. And I get myself qualified as a locksmith. And okay. I've, and I've, I've made this business plan, locksmith, got qualified, and the people are qualified with, they subcontracted work to you. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I've got it. I've got this. Sus-. And then I, my business worked. I didn't work for the business. It, I was, I was the, the black mould of my own business. I was poorly, so I, I wouldn't go to customers doing locks. That might be a little bit rude. But again, they got it. Velcro pin, off. Right, tools down, off the job, ain't doing it. I don't care, I'm still getting paid. This company, they pay you whatever. Because you've taken on the job, they give you 50 quid, whatever. Yeah. I've still got them paid, I'm still getting a bit of money. I don't care. So, okay. But I... At this time, I'm building this empire, um, and now I'm an ex-Grenadier guard, so in my head I'm going, all right, well, I want to be the best locksmith in Northamptonshire. Then I ended up getting uh, Northamptonshire police contracts, so whenever they kicked doors off, I'd go and board them up. Then I had another contract down in Andover, so Northampton, I had 50 miles south and yeah. 50 miles north, so I was covering a good yeah, chunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the business was working, but I was wrong for the business. Okay. But then... I wasn't getting as much money because I was coming off jobs. I wasn't getting enough money. I was getting money in to cover bills and stuff, but yeah. I wasn't really doing what I wanted to do. Okay. So I ended up buying a franchise at DPD. And I started doing DPD work. That didn't go well. I threatened to kill somebody. Okay. Yeah, decided to jump the gun, but this is how poorly I was. Like, So in the morning the team leaders would sort out your route and sort out how yeah, many yeah, yeah. parcels you have. Yeah. And your blueprint of the fr- franchise would be 85 and they'll be doing 60. And you're thinking, oh, I ain't making money. They'll go, yeah, but slowly it builds up. and <sighs> They sell you the dream again. But say if you had an instant whilst you're out, they would disappear. Like, they've already finished their shift. They started at like four in the morning. Yeah. They're finished by one. Um, and I remember this once, this lady hit in the back of the, the van and I rang him up, yeah, I'm all right. I says, well, I'll carry on. But I said, but listen, I did get blown up in Afghanistan. I do, I, 
sore back. If it gets worse, we'll go hospital. No, you can't do that. You can. No, you can't. So, yeah, I can. So throughout the day, the back got sore. Whiplash or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And the guy was like, no, no, you got to you got to carry on. I said, look, listen, I'll just nip into the hospital. I can carry on. I just want to get this checked. Like, yeah. And it was like, no, no, you can't do that. You've got to carry on. Yeah, cut a long story short. I basically, F and Jeff, I'm coming back. If you're still on that premises, you're dead. Wardy, <sighs> Wardy. <Yeah. laughs> Raging against the machine. Yeah, and then... Wheels fall off even further. Right. She can't take it anymore. She says, I don't love you anymore. Yeah. Can't argue with that, fair enough. Out the door. Well, you're not in the best will of the world, maybe a very pleasant guy to be around at that No, I wasn't. No, she has every right to say this, right? Yeah. And out the door, whammoed. Business. Well, I'm not going back to DPD. Yeah. That's a fact. So that's yeah. gone down the thingy. Yeah. 23 grand's worth of locksmith stuff done van had to go back because it was that was it so, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. was tools had to sell them I was so you're back, back on the street no I had to my mum's but then I couldn't stay at my mum's because she's just lost her husband now she's gained a son Um. and then sofa surfing and then Matt, regimental casualty welfare officer. So this is when the regiment, Colonel's Fund, yeah, yeah. Matt Elmer yeah. finds you sofa surfing. Yeah. yeah, and he gets me down to this, another charity called Veterans Aid in... In London? London. Yes. Yeah. And They've got accommodation. Yeah. They have a housing yeah, accommodation block. All veterans. Yeah. All veterans. And at the same time, is there then some medical support and somebody giving you yes. some, some, okay, let's actually try and deal with this problem? Cut a long story short. When I went down there, the plan was, we'll look after you, then we'll get you medicated. But you have, they wanted to go through a process of, let's see if this is like, an art again, raging ball, lunatic. You can't threaten people all your life. And a lot of these guys were druggies. A lot of them are in a real bad way. And, just wasn't it was the right environment but for the it was it was awful it was awful i'm now surrounded by druggies no but in carl's head carl's got some fucking grenadier guard mate well i'm I'm no like i shouldn't and i thought i was up here but really i'm not i thought they're down it but i'm now i'm here what's going on yeah what is going on um you've fallen a long way yeah, but then I end up do getting medicated and take medication and one day I wake up and my head's clear. It's not busy. There's no voices. There's no... There's nothing. It's like your ears were muffled and then you can hear them. OK. It was... That effective? Yeah, and I woke up like, Wow. Wow. Rang up the guy, like, I remember his name, Dr. Campus. And he was like, yeah, that's what I was meant to do. And I'm on, a re- I'm on the highest doses you can get. So they really invested, Veterans Aid, they put me at the Priory in, in London and Harley Street. Mm-hmm. Now, at this time, I've already had another child at this point. Daughter, 
my youngest daughter's just come up to one, homeless, down there, mental, crazy time. Weren't allowed to see my kids. Yeah. The only time I could do it was with her mum would have to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my head, I'm still going, no, no. But once I got Medicaid, clear. But my head, was, everything was just clear then. But so I, you then began to see what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, so then I went from there, got a flat back in Rushton. And the Colonel's Fund is helping you out? Yeah, they funded my whole flat. The Colonel's Fund was a family I never knew I needed. So you've got a little place that's rented? It's a, or council, it's a council, it's a council okay. Place. Yeah, the Grenadiers, the Colonel's Fund furnished my whole, uh, everything, carpets, beds, lots. You're getting military pension uh, financial for PTSD do you, do, do, do you get any income from the Ministry yeah, of Defence yeah I'm going through a bit of a, a bit of a tribunal with, with right. against Veterans UK okay at the moment but yeah so but you've got money yeah so this place down in London they've sorted out all my financials and they've got me in a good place where I can go back and I go back to my hometown but again, the, the wheels sort of, they're, they're, still, they're still not a stable human. I'm still not, you know, because when I'm on my own without my daughter and, and stuff like that, I'm practising suicide. So I'd get my bath robe, you know, you get the, the tie bit off your bath robe, and I should tie it around my neck and, and until I pass out and stuff. And then this one time, I, I actually did the, the noose or whatever. Yeah. And in my flat tied a knot put it behind the door and I hung myself but the door somehow the door opened and then dropped and then so this is this is yeah this is what you're doing now yeah or back in Rushton yeah in my own flat Colonel Ferns have set it all up you think everything should be going well but mentally I was just in, still in a bad place gotten the medication the medication's working but I still just didn't want to live I didn't want to be here yeah. I couldn't I still didn't want to be here even though you've got another daughter yeah, yeah. And S- seeing your eldest daughter yeah seeing my eldest daughter that little one who you did your, uh, your GCSEs yeah. with yeah and then my youngest daughter she couldn't barely she could walk but not really talk but she come up to me one and she cuddled my my leg and said I love you daddy and then the light bulb come on I am not doing this again. I am not. So she, she was the scared. light bulb moment yeah, for I you. St- even still now, I still get the dark thoughts, but I know how to manage them. I know how because to. Because you know, there's a little person there who, yeah, who needs you. Yeah, yeah. And then. Cut. And you will now get to spend time with her. Yeah. On your own. Yeah. Yeah. Un- yes, unsupervised. Yeah. Unsupervised. Being a proper dad. Taking a nursery. Being a dad, doing her dinners, and just. Just she gets to stay over with you overnight. Yeah, yeah. and she just yes, yeah. You know, so even even still at this time, I, I can't take her to the park. The anxiety and everything. So, but she slowly, the strength to bring me out. Because she's going. Come on, park. let's go. We're going to the park. We're doing this. We're doing, yeah. So she's a bit of a lifesaver. Oh, hundred percent. You're on medication. They're, they're both a lifesaver, but when, when that little one said that to me, that, that stopped it all, yeah. So, you end up in the Yukon. 
sitting in a canoe in the middle of nowhere, which is where you and I meet. Yeah, Hopatar. And uh, what's that done for you, that trip? Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Like, I was wardy again. But people say, oh, do you want to go, you know, maybe we'll get that old you back. And I didn't want to be the old you, I want to be a new me. Yeah. And get a text message from Matt saying, you know, there's this trip, do you want to do it? Straight away I said yes, but normally I would say no, I don't want not involved, I don't uh, don't, don't want, want to miss to do my that. kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went, Yeah, let's do it. And then so that's a new Audi. Yeah, this this new guy. And what has it done for me? It it wow, what's the word? It was just like a it sort of ripped that old me away and going, Yeah, I can do this, you know, like I can do this. Like, so, I, I, yeah, I can't but, explain but, it. It was... But when, when you're back, pure. can you... Does it get rid of some of that anxiety? You can get back to the park. You can go to the park. Yeah. Are you doing things now? I remember I, on I, your social media feed, you were like, I'm getting in a boat. I've taken the little one fishing. We're yeah. going canoeing. Yeah. Like, life you're changed. out about. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've booked a holiday for the first time in so many years. We're going to Scotland to see my family, which are like... My dad is in Scotland now. Um, you would have never done that never before done the Yukon? Never, no, never. So Even us going to the airport, meeting at when we first physically met. When at I met the you airport. at Heathrow. <laughs> but I never knew I could do that. And now we've booked another holiday to Spain somewhere. But no, I can do that. It's gave me the tools, the confidence that I can do this. I can do these things. And. You've been a parent since you were 16. 18 years, yeah. But it, I don't, it, it gave me a new lease of life. I now go to gym every day. I take the daughter to school. And it was, it was a crazy time as well because I took my daughter on full, my youngest daughter on full time. And life was just full on with all this anxiety and everything else going on. And then the trip just, just did something it was like a new fresh start because we had some interesting times on that trip you know you saw how shit can go sideways pretty damn quick cried three times every day the first three days I cried you did a little bit of crying every night I know every day yeah and well you know we had capsizes we had grizzly bears and you know squeaky bum time which for the physically wounded which is where most of us who help on that trip are focusing, thinking, right, you know, you know, Blake's got no legs, we've got to get him in and out of the boat and make sure he's all right. And I see you as a whole person, physically able, strong, yeah. pocket rocket, <laughs> he can paddle, he can canoe, no worries there. But actually, you're in a, you're in a mental world fucking world of pain, yeah. which only manifests itself when we're standing around the fire in the evening and I can see that yeah. you're a million miles away. Yeah, yeah, in bits. Yeah. But... Being in the boat, you leave the army and you get a lot of arm around the shoulder and civvy shoot, you don't get that and stuff. And then all of a sudden you're back in this thing and people are going, well done, mate. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean, well done? Like, you just canoed 100 kilometres. Yeah, you're yeah. doing great. Like, you know, people... You and Guy going and finding yeah. that landing site for us to get the capsized yeah. boys out. That's not an easy job. It was, yeah, it was bizarre. That was, that was a scary point, but yeah. So, is it fair to say, Wardy's back on his feet? Yeah, I'm a very good place. 
very very good you got mentally st- strong place yeah you know, you you're moving the dark thoughts are becoming less and less yeah yeah they yeah because little small person now's upright talking walking yeah. really needs you yeah she she's my driving force my eldest one as well but she's she's 18 now so she's got her own finding her own past but my little she, yeah she still needs you yeah though. yeah well, she does yeah money wise <laughs> <laughs> yeah no my youngest one like yesterday you see on my socials i did the uh clay models of like little ghosts and that could be coming up to halloween and little pumpkins and stuff that's for her if when she comes back she's going to paint them and show her teachers and, and it's you know it's you're doing stuff yeah and she's going into school going, that's my dad he's the next grenadier guards oh here's his medals by the way and we had the, the king's coronation and stuff like that oh yeah my dad used to be a grenadier and, and i've gone from this dark places to go in people actually Carl we care about you well done you did the Yukon people care about you and you're you're around yeah I'm important yeah you know and and yeah and it's oh okay I am wow like okay yeah you didn't know you meant that much but actually you you do and you're needed and your regiment cares about you as well and that's how you're meeting other people and it's just incredible it is incredible yeah yeah. Apologies for the abrupt finish. Technicals got the better of me. A big thank you to Wardy for sharing his story, the good, the bad and the ugly. Rest assured, he's in a good place and going from strength to strength. The charities that have helped Wardy can be found listed in the bio for this episode. The next episode will be out in two weeks. Thank you so much for listening. And if you are a veteran with an interesting story to tell from any part of the armed forces, please get in touch. I'd love to create an episode about you. Email me, thesearchchicken at gmail.com. Thanks.